It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey everybody, this is ESO, and welcome to The After Show, found here only on the Monty and the Pharaoh channel, following the Monty and the Pharaoh Show, every Thursday night. Monty and the Pharaoh can be seen live every Thursday at 9 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And now they're also streaming live on the Intuitive app. You can download that at intuitive. Okay, I'll better put a put a little uh, blurb up here on, on that. You can also find them streaming on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Music, and and all the streaming services out there. So uh, you gotta gotta check those guys out. And thank you guys uh, for for coming. And Mike, Jimmy, thank you for hosting me on your channel. So let's get into let's get into today. So how how did everybody enjoy this week's SmackDown and Raw and wrestling overall? Well, I didn't get a chance to check out much in AEW, but I know that Tony Khan made a new announcement that there's going to be another hour of wrestling that uh, I'm not sure if people are going to watch. Well, I can't say that because it's now going to be my job. I have to watch AEW a little bit more. I do try and catch it, but overall, generally, it's just not not that captivating. I get a little frustrated with it, uh, but I do do have to give Tony Khan a little bit more... uh, time uh we'll say so uh smackdown what can i say about smackdown well it was a interview show with a couple of wrestling matches per hour maybe they have so much talent on that roster but so little of it was utilized on thursday i couldn't believe it some of the things I liked, I think, were Ricochet and Braun Strowman together. That that mini me thing, they look great together. I think they should be a, a tag team and you know compete for, with the Usos for that championship. They definitely have that that look. Uh, they definitely have that charisma together too. So uh, let's see what else did I have in there? Oh, L.A. Knight, poor L.A. Knight. The guy seems lost since he got lost since he lost to Bray Wyatt. I don't know what to do with L.A., but this isn't it. We're really losing out on a talent here. The guy's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. Let's figure out what to do with him and push him stronger because I really don't want to see him keep jobbing the way he is. Uh, also, you know, while we're on the subject of Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse, 
I'm sorry, guys. I just don't understand. It seems like a lot of people do, are enjoying this Bray thing. I, I, I'm not one of them. I'm, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And the thing with Lashley on Monday, that was the, that made absolutely zero sense. A dancing Bray. Well, I'll get on into that later on, but this just isn't my cup of tea. Uh, I guess it's for the younger viewers, but not not for me. Uh, then you get into the the bloodline angle, them them pushing it that little bit further with Jay and and Jimmy and and Sammy, and then Kevin Owens coming out. Well, it, it was good. It was it was enjoyable. Uh, but overall, I think SmackDown wasted a lot of time with segments and talking where we could have had a little bit more wrestling going on and maybe shown off a little bit of more more of the talent that is on that roster. I know it's only a two-hour show where Raw is a three-hour show, but it just seems it, it seems like it's missing something there. I maybe we maybe move some of the segments and the interviews to like the. WWE Network exclusive or maybe to the YouTube channel, put them out on TikToks and then force people over to those those avenues and revenue streams too and maybe put a little bit more wrestling, a little bit more talent on the actual on, on-air product. I don't know. That's just the way I, I feel. Uh, but uh, how do you think uh, how do you think Raw did over overall in comparison? I mean, I'm not going to say SmackDown was a bad show. It was a good show. It was well-written. I did enjoy it overall. I just was a little. I, I I felt like they could have they could have done more with the with the talent and maybe push some things a little along a little quicker. Uh, let's see how to let's see raw. They opened up with uh, the street profits and the usos. Well, a little bit variation of the usos, but the usos. Overall, awesome match. <laughs> Those guys always put on an awesome match. I, uh, I we've seen it a million times, but you know what? I, I still enjoy it when those guy when those guys wrestle. And, and Solo was a was a nice you know alternate alternate to Jay. Uh, next thing I really noticed was uh, Gable. I mean, Gable's like the L.A. Knight of of Raw. I mean, he's kind of lost. He's losing it. I, I he's constantly jobbing he's losing steam i really think you're we're losing a great talent that's great on the mic i know he's going to end up getting repackaged or pushed in a different way but once he and otis break up but overall i i don't know what to do with gable uh but jobbing him out like this i I don't think is the way to go don't don't get me wrong he should lose to cody he absolutely should lose to Cody. My my gripe is him losing every week to somebody. And what did you think of that uh, uh, Cody and Otis uh, conversation outside of the ring when they were looking for the woman? I uh, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. He was it, it, Cody is great. Otis is do, Otis is really growing on me, and I I can't wait to see what he does with the Maxwell male models there when he gets when he gets over there. It's coming. Uh, it should be. It should be a fun part of WrestleMania. See, I, I enjoy that. I know it, it, it's silly and campy stuff like that, but I can't get that Bray Wyatt supernatural stuff. I don't know. It's just me. So n- next thing got going on. I'm very disappointed that we're going to put Finn Balor in with Edge for WrestleMania. 
I've talked about Edge before and how I feel about him. I was hoping last week's beatdown was enough to get rid of him for a while, but no, we're going we're to deal with him up until WrestleMania, then probably disappear and come back a couple months later. I, I'm done with the Edge comebacks. I'm just done with Edge. I think there's a lot of younger stars on the roster, and you know, if he's going give, to give somebody a rub, that's great, but Finn doesn't need a rub. Finn's been world champion. What's the point of putting Finn in with Edge for Finn to go over? That's that, whatever. Uh, I'm done with that. Oscar, Oscar's Oscar's awesome. Love her. She had a great match. Um, then we had the. All right. Here's another thing that just means doesn't make sense to me. Last week we had Meechin. Against Piper and the, uh, Piper destroyed Meechin, which I did not understand at that point. And I, I said, Why did you have Meechin, a badass, you know, get uh, destroyed by, by Piper? And now this week we had Candace LeRae go over Piper, who Candace LeRae, I, I don't get it. I, I nothing against Candace LeRae, but. I don't think she's in the same caliber as Meechin. So why would you have... This woman's division just makes no sense. I, I Somebody please explain it to me. I, I, I'm open for an argument on it. Please. So uh, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> this is probably the worst part of the night for me. So that... Is Bray Wyatt a comedy act, or is he a spooky act, or is he a, a you know, supernatural act? What was that crap? Can somebody explain it to me? I mean, it was an awesome edited video. Yay. Just didn't make any sense whatsoever. I, you know, the dancing Bobby Lashley there, whatever, and the dancing Bray Wyatt, the muscle man. The Muscle Man Dance or whatever it was called. I I don't understand. It was just whatever. So then we, then we had uh, uh, Johnny Who against uh, Otis. Yeah, Johnny yeah Johnny Gargano there. You know, I don't don't know what his place is yet. He's good on the mic. I really don't like him in the ring. He uh, his size really gets exposed quickly. He, he's serviceable. He's a phenomenal wrestler, but I think he's my size. I mean, he's under six foot, and if he's over 200 pounds, I would be surprised. So, let's see. What else did I have from, from Raw? Oh, the woman's title match. Okay. Just like I was not happy with, with Edge. I'm not happy with Lita. What's the point of putting a title on Lita at this point? There's so many talented women out there in this division. Why would we have Lita as a tag team champion at this point? If you notice, she really didn't wrestle much in that match. She came in in the last minute. Um, her moves were way off. She really... Thank you, Lita, for being a pioneer in the women's division. But when it comes to current modern wrestling, I think these girls outclass you as a wrestler. Go back to the legend, the legends room. Um, 
or you know just come in and give some some rubs to some of the younger younger talent or maybe manage some manage some of them i could see you doing that but your days in the ring are are over unfortunately um thank you for an awesome career leader but but please don't do this you're you're not of the same caliber as the women you were in the ring with this past week and now you're a world champion wow well we know that championship's going to change hands at wrestlemania don't we uh, so anything else? Let's see. The only uh, the only other big thing I wanted to touch on this week was Jake Roberts' biography. Wow, that was some awesome, awesome show. The I, I mean, I, I had it. I bartend on Sunday nights, and I had it on on one of the bar TVs. I had so many customers that aren't fans of the modern product enthralled in that biography. Actually, next week, they plan on coming back and watching the China one at the bar. So they definitely did something right because my customers definitely, definitely enjoyed it. So hang on one second, guys. I'm going to run. I got a couple of quick things to do, and uh, we will be right back. And welcome back to the after show found here only on the Monty and the Pharaoh channel. I was going through some of my boxes of stuff and I found some old wrestling magazines and I realized that I have some from 35 years ago. Check this out. So this was 35 years ago, March. WWF magazine. So I figured we could go through a couple things that I found and I laughed at. It was it's definitely fun. So this is 35 years ago. One of the first things I remember from when I was a kid was the ice cream bars. So they had the the ad for the ice cream bars really brought back some memories. I don't know if they make them. If if they do, go out and grab them. They were awesome. If they don't, they definitely should bring them back. Like. <laughs> That was some a treat from when I was a kid that I definitely, definitely miss. So first thing I wanted to do is uh, start talking. They have an article on some of the... You have to realize this magazine came out before wrestling was known to be scripted. At this point, they wanted you to believe wrestling was real. This is before the steroid trials. This is the golden age of wrestling. So they were asking people's toughest opponents. Gorilla Monsoon said, Bob Back or Bruno San Martino. One man gang, what do you mean my toughest opponent? Junkyard Dog said Randy Savage. Randy Savage said Ricky Steamboat. Bam Bam Bigelow. He said, well, everybody in the Royal Rumble. And Jake Roberts said Ricky Steamboat. So you had two for Savage and two for Steamboat. That's pretty cool. One of the other cool things I uh, laughed at was the uh, back in the day, you used to be able to buy these tapes or CDs for you know ten for a dollar, and then they rope you into buying things over and over and over again. 
So <laughs> there's a really funny interview with the honky tonk man. <laughs> The longest reigning intercontinental champion, the honky tonk man. Great article. It's so funny reading these things and how serious they were about about their characters at this point. Oh, they they also talk about the Survivor Series from 1987. Wow, that was a uh, probably one of the worst Survivor Series if I remember correctly. Oh wow. Oh, they they also talk about Pile Driver, the album, and it actually charting. Well, Coco, Coco Beware singing Pile Driver. If you go to oh one of the episodes I did with Jimmy Farrow, Jimmy sings Pile Driver. And I actually think if you go back even farther, he sang it live with Coco Beware at some point. If we can find that, that would be awesome. I'd, I'd love to find a link for that. That was funny. Well, what else did we have here? Oh, they talk about the debut of the Ultimate Warrior. Whoa. If you could read this article and what Ultimate Warrior actually turned out to be, oh my gosh, it is hilarious. They describe this guy as a, an Adonis, a god who doesn't say many words. I don't think Ultimate Warrior ended up being known for not saying many words. Well, when he came into the WWF, that was the expectation. He was going to be this quiet, crazy guy. It's they they talk about one of his first matches with Steve Lombardi and it wow this is this is pretty nostalgic i could have a lot of fun and there's a lot we could talk about on these you know one of the other favorites of all kids when we back back in the day was when you opened it up and you you opened up to the merchandise catalog and you went to the the center and you got to see what wrestlers shirts were available at at the, any given time check that out the classic macho man how many of us have had that shirt? How many of us have had that shirt as an adult? <laughs> yes, I had it as a kid, and I went back and bought it again as an adult. Hey, I'm a Macho Man fan. I think a lot of us are. Let's see. What else cool stuff did we have? Oh, they get into the Slammy Awards of the year. Check out some of the some of these. So we had uh, oh Best Performance by an Animal. They had George the Animal Steel winning it. Over Frankie the Bird and Jake the Snake's Python. Uh, let's see. Best group, one-man gang. Oh, <laughs> uh, Let's see. Best song from the Piledriver album. We'll never know because Sika came on, on stage and ate the, uh, ate the results. Uh, what, a, what a funny time in, in wrestling. Oh, oh! then the, the, this is one of the other reasons I wanted to bring up this magazine. All that other fun stuff, I got distracted on my main purpose of this one, which was the, the purpose of this cover. This was when Andre the Giant sold the World Wrestling Federation title to uh, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. That's covered in this in this issue. That's what the big thing is it's called giant atrocity. That's a, that was that was awesome. So one of the uh, last things I want to touch on in here, and then uh, we'll get going and come back and talk about the finale of why I think the Poughkeepsie Civic Center is a mecca, and that's the Attitude Era and how it was part of the beginnings of it and helped usher it in just like it helped usher in the golden age of wrestling so this was 
caught in the act. It's called. It's the last page of the WWE magazine. And back in the day, one of my favorite tag teams was the Islanders. Um, so it was yeah, Haku and Tama, the Islanders. They they were awesome, and they were managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan when they turned heel. And at this at one point, they had kidnapped the Matilda, the British Bulldog's dog, and they actually. Uh, are, there's a picture of them, and I'll, I'll put it up now, of them holding a, a leash with with a collar hanging there and pretending to pet an invisible dog that was Matilda. And they were saying, what do you mean Matilda's missing? She's right here. She, what are you talking about? It was, oh, some of the stuff back then was, was absolutely, it, it, I don't think if Bobby the Brain Heenan weren't involved, it would have gotten over as much. Man, I miss that guy. He was He was brilliant. So... Let's get, take a quick break. I will be right back with the Mecca, the Attitude Era, Poughkeepsie, New York. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the After Show found here only on the Monty and the Pharaoh channel. Over the last month or so, I've talked a lot about the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York, and how it, I think it's a Mecca even though it's a little 2,500-seat uh, arena. I've had a little bit of kickback on that. That's why I did this. That's uh, I think I've done a pretty good job talking about the 70s era and then last week talking about the Golden Age and how that little arena was a part of the the Golden Age of wrestling and how it went from you know leading WrestleMania into... was doing the TV tapings during WrestleMania 1 to... Up until uh, uh, mid nineteen eighty six, when it when it when it started to really boom before before uh, WrestleMania three, that was such a big that arena was such a big part of it. Um, so the next era I wanted to talk about was the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era, you know. So if we went to the Civic Center and then that led into the Golden Age, guess what? After the steroid trials and stuff like that, WWF went back to playing in small arenas like the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, and it hosted lots of the original Raws. Raw was filmed, was pre-recorded for quite a number of years before they were kind of forced to go live. They kind of forced their hands a little bit. But let's talk about some of the names that went went through this arena during the the mid-90s. So we had Razor Ramon, hey yo. So Typhoon, Bob Backlund, Steve Austin, Papa Shango, the Nasty Boys, the Head Shrinkers, Bret Hart, Jeff Jarrett, Lex Luger, Bob Holly. I think he was probably Sparky Plug back at that point. She's. <laughs> uh, uh, we had British Bulldog, uh, Yokozuna, Diesel, Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, we had the Smoking Guns, Adam Bomb, Marty Jannetty, Rick Martel, The Undertaker, Erwin R. Scheister, and uh, one of the one of the biggest things that happened there in that era was the finals of the women's. World Heavyweight Championship. And you know who got that title at the Civic Center? Alundra Blaze. We all know what she ended up doing with that title. 
it's in some trash uh, uh so went through some trash compactor somewhere it's a uh, it's in a dump somewhere and uh yeah, yeah that happened there she defeated in december let's see i have a date written down here december 12th or december 13th 1993 alundra blaze won the women's world heavyweight title against heidi lee morgan yeah, that's pretty cool. So, let's see. That was, uh, it, overall, it hosted over, it hosted Raw tapings over 12 times. The amount of Raws that it was part of was somewhere in the in the range of 30, 35, because a lot of times they would do several TV tapings at, at one point. So, pretty cool. My opinion that arena is a mecca. That's the last I'm going to talk about it unless somebody asks me some other specific questions. I have some other arenas I want to talk about on a future episode, but that's about all, all I have on, on that for now. Thank you guys for listening for that. And thank you for listening to me and stopping by. Again, thank you, Monty and, and uh, Mike Monty, Jimmy Farrell, for hosting me on your, on your network. And until next week, this is ESO. And in honor of Jimmy Farrell, later. Fight for what's right, fight for